Thank you for joining us as we bring you this worship service of 7th Avenue Presbyterian Church, featuring voices of the community near and far. We invite you to listen while enjoying nature, whether that's a place you physically go, in the park, by the water, on a walk somewhere, or maybe it's inside, sitting by a window, or revisiting a memory of enjoying creation. And afterward, if you feel so led, we'd love to see photos or artwork of where you went. So if you would email those to the church office, we will share them next week. Next Sunday, August 14th, we will have worship in person at the church, in addition to having Zoom and our contemplative podcast available. And now, in preparation for worship, you're invited to quiet yourself, becoming still, as you prepare to worship God.
Let us pray. God of endless possibilities, we offer thanks for the gifts of life. When we miss your presence among us, forgive us. Open our eyes, our hearts, and our minds to experience you wherever we are. Be in the stirrings of our hearts as we continue now in silent prayer. Even when we experience the Spirit as if it were a thief in the night, we are forgiven and drawn to wholeness through God's presence. Our treasure is wholeness. Our gift is forgiveness. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Amen. reading from the prophet Isaiah, the first chapter, beginning with the 10th verse. In preparation to hear these words, let us pray. Holy God, breath of life, open our hearts and minds that we might hear your word for us this day. Amen. The vision of Isaiah, son of Amoz, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, Hear the word of the Holy One, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the teaching of our God, you people of Gomorrah. What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says our God. I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. When you come to appear before me, who asked this from your hand? Trample my courts no more. Bringing offerings is futile. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and calling of convocations. 
I cannot endure solemn assemblies with iniquity. Your new moons and your appointed festivals my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you stretch out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. Come now, let us argue it out, says the Holy One. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be like snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of God has spoken. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God.
A reading from the Gospel of Luke, the 12th chapter, beginning with the 32nd verse. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near, and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet, so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those servants. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Humanity is coming at an unexpected hour. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where is your heart? I think mine is sprinkled across the world. It's in places I've visited, places I set down roots, it's in people and beings and even tangible things that have filled me with stories and laughter and quiet. It's where some part of me, whether consciously or accidentally, became invested, became imprinted, changed. It's in each place I've known home. I visited my childhood home last month. Can you ever really return home, I kept asking myself. My town was nearly twice the size it was when I last left it. In every direction, more directions than I knew possible, farmland was filled with homes. Though I know the land does not belong to me, how can land really belong to anyone? Somehow it felt as if the cornfields of my youth had been taken and the little girl living in my memory, still learning to ride her bike through rows of maize, no longer had a place to learn and grow and play. It's become a new home for a different little girl. I wonder if she will hear of the life of the cornfields, the way I heard of the life of the prairie and of the peoples who walked softly and danced wholly on the earth. I wonder if she'll watch the earth movers come, 
and the dirt grow into mountains before the foundation is poured. I wonder what room she'll choose and beneath what piece of sky she'll dream. I wonder what treasures she'll find and which ones she'll keep. My father still lives in the house we built. My visit was in part to sort through old things. One I looked forward to finding was a suitcase I packed as a child. A suitcase I remember filling with the things I wanted to keep safe, even as I was being told it was time to clear out my room of too many stuffed animals and toys. I expected to find costume jewelry from my grandmother, and maybe a tea set cushioned by a rescued stuffed animal or two, but when the suitcase was found, I opened it to discover different treasures I collected. Rocks and rubber snakes and bouncy balls. This is what I thought most worth saving. The surprise could not have been sweeter. A reminder of a heart filled with wonder and delight and of people I loved. Nearly 300 years before the Gospels were written, the Romans defined a person's treasure, their wealth, their private property, as things without personhood. A person could not be owned, but a thing could. That might include a house, a purse of coins, a portion of land, a field growing crops, herds of animals, and very often, slaves. The inheritance of these Romans continues to be passed on. Their new idea bore a lot of pain. Whatever our definitions, the life beneath, above, within, beside us, is more than we can ever sell or keep, or own. Though it would be nice if it weren't so, slavery was presumed to be a normal part of life by Jesus and the early Christian church. Indeed, images of slavery fill the pages of our treasured book. The Greek word for slave is used 118 times in the New Testament, including in a snippet easily passed over in our reading from Luke. An obedient household slave will be blessed if he waits for the return of his master. Sometimes these stories were metaphorical. Many who were free identified themselves as slaves of God or slaves of Christ, and as slaves of God, they were an extension of God's presence as they went about doing the work of teaching and healing and feeding those in need. But they had the choice. They were, as New Testament scholar Amy Jill Levine points out, asserting their freedom. They were rejecting other masters, the lords and rulers of Rome. But one-third of the population did not have the choice. If they didn't stay up for their master, however late in the night, they could quite literally lose their life. 
though the Hebrew Bible could have been used to make a clear stand against slavery. They have the perfect story, a God who rescues them from the yoke of Egypt, but the Jesus of the Gospels doesn't do it. Instead, in Matthew's Gospels, slaves are forced to obey their masters and are fully subordinate to them. They belong to a figure in a parable who is often identified as God, and in that capacity suffer beatings, torture, and death, such as the slave of the high priest who loses an ear to Peter's sword. In case we missed it, Amy Chill Levine reminds us that just reading the Gospels gives us a sense of how normative and how horrific slavery in the first century was. For some, these images are irredeemable. For others, because they are in the scriptures, they must be. Though our ancestors were doing and revealing multiple things in our readings this morning, the simplest message I hear today is that the well-being we seek is found sometimes accidentally in our care for others. And one of the ways we do that is to witness their real lives. For we have known from the beginning, Isaiah reminds us, that we are called to care for one another, to lift up the vulnerable, and to not mistreat those in need. If we do that, we will enjoy the fruit of the land and taste the sweet corn of the field. Our suffering comes, as in Sodom and Gomorrah, when visitors of God, heavenly beings on earth, greet us. And instead of caring for them, we deny them as persons and cause them harm. If our treasure is in our people, our hearts will be in their well-being. The rocks and snakes and bouncy balls that were my treasure revealed the wealth of my heart, a love of the earth and of her people who first cared for me and brought me home. We believe in God, whose love surrounds us. We believe in Christ, who tells us to be ready to live this love. We believe in Spirit, who enables us to do so. This we believe. Amen.
Let us pray. God of life, we give you thanks for this planet we call home. For parks and gardens, inviting and full of life. For bright sunlight and the cool relief of shade, we give you thanks. For children at play, for squirrels and sparrows that remind us of life beyond ourselves, we offer our praise. We know joy and sorrow. We carry possibility and disappointment. Grant us a spirit of persistence and of kindness in all aspects of our lives. Enfold us in your gentle love and give us grace to embrace our own humanity. We pray to be sustained by you each day and to remember the gifts of one another. So we pray for our siblings, near and far, for those we know and for those we've yet to meet. We pray for their well-being, for the gift of community, for the delight of your goodness. And now, in silence, we continue in prayer. We make this prayer in the name of the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our God, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Go forth upheld by the life below, above, beside, and within you. And let the wonder of the earth be the wealth of your heart. And may the grace of God, the peace of Christ, and the power of the Spirit be with those who work or watch or weep this day. May God tend the sick, give rest to the weary, bless the dying, soothe the suffering, and shield the joyous. Amen. Amen.